Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Buts About It. It is December 12th, 2023. Once again, here we have Stan the Jet fan. Chuss is out doing finals, I guess, which are important apparently when you're in college, and he has an internship, and he's doing all these big things. He'll hopefully be back next week, though. So we still have Stan the Jet fan, though, and he has done a great job stepping in for Chuss. Um, first, we're going to talk about Thursday Night Football. I know Stan enjoyed the game. It was a fun game. Seahawks versus Cowboys, high-scoring affair. DK Metcalf had three touchdowns all by himself. Uh, Dak had a great game. CeeDee Lamb had a great game. Jake Ferguson had a great game. 35-41 Dallas Cowboys. First, Stan, let's get your thoughts about what you saw. I mean, yeah, it was everyone had a great game. You really saw so much going on from both sides on offense. And I think if I was a Seahawks fan, I don't think I'd be very discouraged right now because you know what? You held up against a team that, you know, had, had has been having one of the best seasons in the league, a team that, yeah, sure, they haven't beat the, the 500-win team up until uh, that game, but they've had so many big victories. So if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm actually feeling okay with this loss, yeah. Uh, for for the game itself, I think uh, Dak really stepped up. I mean, Dak was making amazing passes, amazing reads. And, you know, there was one play. Uh, there was actually a few plays where I thought he was going to get sacked, but he was able to extend the play for another, you know, 10, 15 seconds and, and find the pass, find uh, the play, or just throw it out of bounds. But that ability to extend the play is why Zach, uh, sorry, Dak is so good. You know, he, he knows how to, how to push – the defensive lineman around. He knows how to work around his offensive lineman. It's almost like setting picks in basketball. It was beautiful football from Dak. So great job from him. And uh, it was it was a probably my favorite game of the year, I might say. Okay. Yeah, Dak has been playing a lot better than what people realize, I think. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute as well. Um, I do have some stats here I want to talk about. But first, DK Metcalf made Deron Bland look silly in the first half. And Deron Bland has been great for the Cowboys. He's playing out of position, but I think next year this will end up being his position. I think he normally starts as a nickel corner when he starts. He's usually a backup, then goes to nickel corner. And now he's been playing the safety position in place of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, So he's been doing great considering he leads the league in interceptions out of position and he has an NFL tied the NFL record for most pick sixes in a season. He even has an opportunity here. I don't know if you know this to have more pick sixes this season than Deion Sanders had in his whole career. So for the Seahawks and DK Metcalf, especially to go out and make him look kind of silly, that's promising for their offense. And Geno Smith did throw an interception to him. But even during that interception, Gino just kind of is smiling like, of course, I threw it to him. There's 11 men on that side of the field, and I threw it to the one guy who's leading the league in interceptions. So, I mean, if you're going to throw it to someone, though, I guess, throw it to the guy who's on fire. Don't throw it to some random dude. Um, Another thing I saw about DK, and this is an old video, obviously, because it was with Logan Thomas. But Logan Thomas goes up to DK after they played the Commanders, and he said, hey, um, 
wanted you to know my son is a huge fan of yours. I know that probably doesn't mean much right now after the game. And DK's like, oh, here, give him this. And he takes off his jersey, and he hands it to Logan Thomas. I thought that was a really cool gesture, and I just wanted to shout out DK since we were going to be talking about the Seahawks anyway. Um, the Seahawks offense as a whole did well against the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is usually very good. Putting up 35 points on the Dallas Cowboys defense is not – an easy task at all they succeeded in that Tyler Lockett had some great sideline catches uh, Jackson Smith Najigba had some great catches and he's been kind of quiet this year first wide receiver off the board very quiet season his rookie season though um, he even had a touchdown that was taken back and that was kind of a controversial thing I do think he kind of lost control of it but we'll see um you can go either way, I think. But like you said, very promising showing by the Seahawks offense. Um, so I do have a controversial take here. And I, I don't think it should be that controversial, but it is controversial. Because I, I brought it up in a Discord server a few days ago, and I got jumped on. And it's filled with Eagles fans, so that's probably why. I think, and I'm still of the opinion that Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill should get the MVP award, but the reality of it is, is it's a quarterback award. So I think if there's a quarterback to give it to, Dak Prescott should be in the conversation for it. So just right off the bat, what do you think about that? Well, no doubt that is a very controversial take. Um, I, I do not see it that way. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who've stepped up in, in just as big ways, if not bigger ways, for their own teams. Um, and, and the biggest thing that comes to my mind is C.J. Stroud. I think that's an example of a quarterback who was the most valuable to their team, right? I think there are plenty of other quarterbacks who could have had this type of Cowboys offense and done just as well. But for the turnaround the Texans have had, I think C.J. Stroud has made a much better argument that as a quarterback, he's had a much bigger impact on his team. So for the MVP specifically, um, I, I think C.J. Stroud has earned that, you know, and, and, and the, 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 crazy see, the, the crazy part of this for him is he is a rookie, so who knows where he's going to go. Maybe this is his worst year on his – hopefully this is his worst year of his career um, and it's going to start out this way. Um, but for C.J. Stroud, I, I think for him, I see much more value in having him as a team and in what he's done to turn around the Texans than I see in Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Okay, so I want to – I don't have C.J. Stroud's stats broken down as far as I have these guys. I do have his stats here, though, since you mentioned him. I have Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Dak Prescott, though, because Mahomes and Jalen are the two that tend to be leading the conversation, it seems, and I believe, last I checked, still have the best odds to win the MVP. C.J. Stroud was a little lower, presumably because he is a rookie, like you mentioned. Um. So Dak, 26 touchdowns, that's going to lead that <coughs> column. Six interceptions, that's the lowest number in that column. He has two rushing touchdowns, 70.1% completion rate, 3,234 yards, that leads that column. And he has a 180 or 108.3 passer rating. So very good numbers there from Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts. 10 or 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 11 rushing touchdowns, which 
I thought about this after we started. I'd be curious to see how many of those are tush push touchdowns um, on the one yard line, but I don't have those numbers. I think that's probably more of a next gen stat that I don't have access to right now. 67.6% completion rate, 2,697 passing yards, 94.9 passer ratings. Patrick Mahomes, 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions, zero rushing touchdowns, 68.1% completion, which a lot of that's probably on his receivers, 2,917 yards, and a 96.3 passer rating. So Dak Prescott leads in touchdowns, completion percentage, yards, and passer rating. And just for giggles, I've got CJ's here, 63.7 completion percentage, 3,266 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, and 100.8 passer rating. So actually, of these three guys we've listed, CJ does have the most competitive numbers with Dak. But Dak has more touchdowns, better completion percentage, more yards, and a better passer rating. I think people just love to hate on Dak Prescott because he is the Cowboys quarterback. He hasn't always been the best in his position. Um, he still isn't the best. I'm not arguing that he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. <coughs> but I'm arguing with all of the injuries and with his performance. And people are going to say, oh, well, they only have one win against a winning team. And I'm already seeing people in the comments sections on ESPN, SportsCenter, what have you, say – this Seahawks win doesn't really count because there were so many penalties, which these are the two most penalized teams in the NFL, so that makes sense. And they're saying, well, they're not a winning team anymore. They're a 500 team because they just got a loss to the Cowboys. They were a winning team when they played the Cowboys. That's what, that's what matters when you come into the game. Now, yes, they have had the Cowboys have had a fairly easy schedule. I'll grant you that, but they have a gauntlet coming up they have eagles chiefs i think they have the dolphins they have a lot of very hard teams and if Dak can keep up these numbers i think he should be in the conversation and i agree with you cj stroud should probably be in that conversation too i don't think he will be because he's a rookie i think he'd have to go way above and beyond i don't think really any of these quarterbacks so far have been outstanding to where I could be like, okay, if this team didn't have this quarterback, they would not have the success. Um, I I think Tyreek Hill has more of that in the Dolphins offense. I think if they didn't have Tyreek Hill, their offense would hurt a lot more. Um, same thing with the 49ers. I think if Christian McCaffrey wasn't on the 49ers, they'd be hurting a lot more because that offense runs through Christian McCaffrey. Even if it's not a run-heavy game, you have to focus on Christian McCaffrey because he will break you in the passing game too. But it's a quarterback award. So what do you have? Th- do you have thoughts on all of that that I just? I mean, no, I I, I do agree with you. It's actually a very good quarterback, and uh, you know, now that I've seen the stats, I I definitely think he should be in that conversation. But I, I still am leaning in in the direction of CJ Stroud because I do feel, at least you know, from watching the Texans this year and last year. Uh, a lot of their differences and where I could see the biggest difference is in the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, with, with Dak, Hurts, and Mahomes, right, those teams always perform well, right? Uh, they, they're stacked teams. Even uh, – and I think Mahomes might be adding the most to his team because the rest of – his wide receiver room is not a very good wide receiver room, especially compared to the rest of the guys mentioned. Uh, but C.J. Stroud is a guy who I see coming on to the – coming into the league, right, having a lot of adversity in his direction. Um, he wasn't the number one pick. Uh, and then being able to pick everything up, pick up the pieces around him uh, of this franchise, this struggle, especially recently – and being able to have the type of season he's having. So I just think C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, he has the MVP award. He's the most valuable player I see in the NFL. Um, I think Dak Prescott is probably the best quarterback. I mean, don't quote me on that. I'll have to look more into that. But I think he might be the best quarterback right now in the league. Um, But regardless, I think Stroud brings the most in regards to being the most valuable player. So... I, I again, I am totally for CJ Stroud being in this conversation. That rookie, I think, is going to hold him back, though. That fact. The reason I say that is there has been one time in NFL history that the MVP award has gone to a rookie, and it was in 1957, and Jim Brown won it. So I tend to lean more towards a veteran getting it. Jim Brown had a phenomenal season, 1,133 rushing yards, 900, uh, excuse me, 1,133 yards, 942 rushing yards. He had 55 receiving yards. Um, as a rookie in 1957, when the game, there were less games, that, those are phenomenal stats for that time period. I, I, I'm down with C.J. Stroud getting it. I'd be fine with C.J. Stroud getting it. I think Jalen Hurts is going to end up getting it, and I don't think he should, even though the Eagles have been phenomenal. The Eagles are a great team. They're a juggernaut of a team. Um, They're going to maybe run the NFC East for a while to come. The Cowboys are really the only ones competing right now against them. Uh, He hasn't really been like – Wow, they've been bailed out a few times to get that 10-1 record. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches that ball, the Eagles lose. The refs a couple times have bailed them out. And it's happened on both teams, so I'm not saying the Eagles are totally like relying on the refs. But I think that people look at that 10-1 record and they go, okay, Jalen Hurts MVP, easy. I, d- I don't know. I think Dak makes a case. And it's not like they're relying heavily on the defense. Because that's the other argument people make. Is, well, Dak Prescott is relying on his defense to prevent points from being put up on the board. He's relying on Deron Bland. Um, if they don't step up, then they lose. Well, we've had we've seen that's proven wrong this past game because the defense did not step up. The defense arguably had their worst game of the season. And the Cowboys still won because Dak put up points. Let's look at the rest of their schedule here um, in their wins. As soon as I get back to, like, 2023 here and not the divisional round. I know that um, they've had a lot of really easy games here. So, yeah. So, Cowboys-Giants, 40-0. to zero. Defense didn't allow any points. Fair enough. Dak still put up 40 points, though. But that was against the Giants. Cowboys-Jets. 
Jets have one of the better defenses in the NFL. So he still put up 30 points. Cowboys Cardinals. That was a shocker. Cardinals beat them 28 to 16. But Dak didn't put up points. He only put up 16 points there. 38-3 over the Patriots. 42 to 10. That was 49ers over Cowboys. Dak once again didn't put up points. Cowboys 20 to 17 over the Chargers. Chargers just struggle on offense. Neither team really put up a lot of points there. Rams Cowboys 43 to 20. The point is I can go through all of these and the the trend pretty much stays the same. When Dak puts up points, the team wins. He's not relying on the defense. That's I guess my argument here. I think Dak just needs more credit. Do you have any rebuttal to that at all? I mean, I'm not really disagreeing with you. Okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, I'll put this, I'm going to clip this and put it on YouTube and I can, the comment section is either going to have nothing in it or it's going to be Eagles fans and Cowboys fans arguing with each other. One of those two things are going to happen. I'm fine with either one. Just be respectful to each other. That's all I ask. Um, next topic of conversation. Stan, the jet fans, man, Joe Flacco is getting a start in the NFL this week for the Cleveland Browns. He's playing for a new AFC North team. Uh, he played for the Ravens. He was their franchise guy for a long time until Lamar Jackson came along. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens against the 49ers. And uh, now after DTR has been concussed and Deshaun Watson is out for the season, we've got Joe Flacco. So, Stan, what can you tell us about Joe Flacco? What should Browns fans expect? Well, I can say Joe Flacco, he's not likely to lose you a game, right? He may not win you every game, but he's not going to be the guy who's going to lose you these games. And for the Browns, that's what you want because you have a great defense. You have some good pieces all over your offense. You've had guys like Jerome Ford step up in a big way. So you need a guy who's not going to lose you a game, and that's who Joe Flacco is. I think he adds a lot to this team because he's going to be – a stationary, mobile, normal quarterback who's going to help your offense run. Now, uh, I don't think anyone is expecting Joe Flacco to, you know, get, uh, come out and maybe enter this MVP race we're talking about. No one's expecting him to come out with the best numbers. But, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, one touchdown, one interception, two touchdowns, one interception uh, type games. You know, those, those small, no one really talks about not bad, not good type games. That's who Joe Flacco is, and at this point in his career at least, and I think that's what he's going to give you guys. Yeah, I think Joe Flacco, I mean, obviously he, he's been to a few different teams after the Ravens. He's been with the Broncos and then, as we mentioned, the Jets, and now he's with the Browns. So people kind of expect him to kind of not do well, it seems. I mean, they say he's not – he hasn't been on a team in so long. I think he's – He's 38 years old, so he's older. Um, Maybe not expecting the most out of him. But I will say, Joe Flacco's success has always come when he's had a very good defense. Team, if he can have a defense that prevents points up on the board, then that will help them, or that will help him win games because he can put up enough points to win he's not going to put up these 40 points like Dak has been doing 
He, but he will put up maybe 20 points. He can do that, I think. And that was how he thrived in Baltimore. The year they won the Super Bowl, Joe Flacco, he had great numbers. But the main thing was is the defense. That's probably one of the best defenses the NFL has ever seen with Ray Lewis leading it. And that was the year Ray Lewis retired. He was going out. He wanted to go out on top, top defense. And Joe Flacco had success and won a Super Bowl. <coughs> now we come to 2023, and Joe Flacco is once again on the team. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Browns that has the top defense in the NFL. And, or Even if they're not the top defense, because that can be debated, I guess, with the 49ers. But... I think the Browns are the top defense. He is able to come in, put up 20 points like you mentioned. Not a, not a phenomenal game. Not not anything that they're going to be making headlines on. He's not going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But if he can do well enough that the passing game is a threat and Jer- that allows them to play off the line and they can make Jerome Ford be useful and get yardage and they're not just crowding the line to where Jerome Ford is struggling. I really do think the Browns could still make a playoff run with Joe Flacco in at quarterback. So no, I agree with you there. Okay. You agree. There's a, there's a little bit of lag. So there's probably like awkward pauses between these, but that's, that's a okay. Um, if you're listening, that's, that's what's happening. Um, should Packers fan and not Packers should Browns fans be concerned with his lack of mobility compared to Deshaun Watson or DTR? I mean, yes, but at the end of the day, you're not getting him to be your starter, right? They, they've had three other guys start this season. So you're getting him as a last resort. Uh, you, you cannot get everything with the last resort. Everyone knows that, right? Joe Flacco, He's a guy you, you just want him to get you through the season and to win some games because the Browns still have a good chance of making the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. They still have a good record. They still uh, – they don't have the worst record uh, – the worst teams coming up ahead of them. Um, so, if, if I'm the Browns and I'm looking around in my division and, you know, there's only one other team that's really uh, fully healthy at this point in time, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, Joe Flacco, maybe he's not going to take me all the way back to where I could have been if I was fully healthy, but he could take me up a peg, right? He could take me up to be that number two team in that division. He could take me up to get a wild card spot. So I think that's what the Browns are going to go for, and uh, they should. They have to because you don't have uh, a team where you have the number one defense or an arguable number one defense and you know two great running backs and, and a great uh, wide receiver core. You don't have that every season. They have that right now. The Browns' O-line also has been doing pretty well, right? They're not the best, and they've definitely struggled with these younger, inexperienced quarterbacks like DTR and P.J. Walker, uh, but look at them with Deshaun. They were doing a pretty good job. So uh, with this type of O-line and Joe Flacco, an experienced guy who knows how to work with these older O-line players, um, I think that's going to help you out too. Yeah, I mean, the, first of all, the Browns' O-line has been great. They got Dewan Jones, who has been doing well. Um, they're – their offensive line coach is the Bengals' offensive coordinator's dad. So, Bengals, maybe go after a Cleveland Browns offensive line coach. Just saying. But I, I agree. I think all of the pieces that the Browns have 
Kevin Stefanski has done a very good job of navigating these injuries, especially the Nick Chubb injury. That is a huge one for the Browns. And for him to go down and them to still be competitive in the run game is major. Um, do you think, and I think this is the question Browns fans are all kind of asking, and I don't know that we'll know the answer to this until after this, or tomorrow, this game. Um, do you think Joe Flacco is a guy who can win them, maybe not win them, but get them to a Super Bowl? I think he can uh, – that's a tough question. It really depends who they're set up against in the playoffs. It depends what their, uh, you know, what their schedule looks like. Um, I think I think for the Browns, he's not going to be the reason. He's not going to be the main reason, at least, that you don't make it. Like, if you don't make it, it's probably because your defense maybe had a bad game and you let some team score 30 points on you. I don't think it's going to be because Joe Flacco put up zero points or put up uh, a terrible performance. Um I th- especially with the offense you have and the pieces you have around him, I think as long as your coaches are scheming the right types of plays for him, uh, I think Flacco's going to do just fine. Okay, so... I think they should make, uh, you know, uh, uh, at least one or two games into the playoffs. Do you think they can beat the Ravens, though? No, I don't think you so. You don't think they'll beat the Ravens? So, so another team would have to eliminate the Ravens in the playoffs. If the Browns make the – presuming the Browns make the playoffs and the Ravens are almost definitely going to make the playoffs, then another team has to eliminate the Ravens somehow for the Browns to move past them. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's some good insight. Um, Joe's not going to be the reason you win, not going to be the reason you lose. He's just there filling a position and hopefully not getting hurt. Next – veteran quarterback we have to talk about um the most exciting prospect that has not happened yet he got four snaps into his career with the jets so far but he's saying he's gonna come back and he's he's been practicing 21 uh day practice window has opened up i think everyone got that notification in the world I, i feel like that just blew up on people's phones Aaron Rodgers might be returning here as his goal is the end of December. Um, Stephen A. Smith is saying, Hey, Aaron, just sit down. Don't do this. Don't come back. Stan, do you think he should come back? Well, here's the thing. So a lot of fans want him to stay out just so he lose more games and tank, but here you can't do that because that's not going to work well for getting uh, the type of free agents who could turn this team around. I think the upside of bringing Rodgers back and having him play is that it's going to help to attract good quality free agents and attract guys who you know might want to push their team for a trade here in the offseason. Right now, on offense, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So it's going to be hard to bring guys to play for O-line when our wide receiver room also looks completely bad, right? <laughs> it's going to be hard to get guys to play for you know in our wide receiver room when we don't have an O-line. So you need uh, – I-, I think if Rodgers comes back, has a couple good games – that can help show free agents around the league that, hey, the Jets are still doing something, right? They're still performing well. So go ahead, come here if you want a chance at a playoff run and maybe even a Super Bowl. Uh, because that, that's what a lot of these older free agents want. You know, they've they've lived out their rookie contracts, right? They've they've been with the teams they've enjoyed. At this point, when, when these guys are a little bit older, uh, they want to make a Super Bowl run. So I think if Rodgers comes back and has, you know, two or three really good games, 
that definitely pushes us in that direction. Um, for Rodgers, you know, we're not really as much in the playoff hunt anymore. It would be very tough for us to make the playoffs. I think we'd have to pretty much win all of our games left but one. So it's not, not an easy task left ahead of us. But if Rodgers thinks he can do it, hey, good, good for him. He should do it. Uh, and, and for Rodgers at this point in his career, I don't think the risk is as much as people see it. Um, because if he is coming back, that means, you know, his doctor, who people say is the best doctor for uh, ACLs in, in the world, I'm oh, sorry, Achilles in the world, um, if that doctor clears him, I'm going to trust that doctor on that. And uh, Rodgers also clearly wants to play. Uh, I think one final positive of him playing is that you'll finally know if Nathaniel Hackett has any reason being with the Jets. Because right now, the entire argument for Hackett is that he knows how to work with Rodgers, right? He was there. He coached Rodgers through his MVP season. Uh, Hackett's system is working for zero other quarterbacks <laughs> as of now. Um, and it has worked for zero other quarterbacks. So who knows what's going on? But if Rodgers comes back and can perform well, I'm actually okay with Hackett staying, right? I'm okay with him staying for at least, uh, you know, next season, seeing what happens. So those are the reasons I say why I'd like him to come back. You almost wonder if Hackett's system is just hoping Aaron Rodgers calls the right audible at the line. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Rodgers, he's, he's a very smart player, too. He knows how to read defense and how to move the guys around. Uh, I mean, Rodgers has been invaluable to this team. Uh, whether he's played or not, he's been coaching Zach Wilson a lot. And Zach Wilson had some good games. Uh, people do forget. Um, and, and he's been kind of helping out Tim Boyd a little bit. Um, but Rodgers, to me, the, the big negative with his time here is that he brought a lot of bad free agents here, right? Uh, Randall Cobb didn't really do too much for us. Hardman didn't do too, too much for us. Dalvin Cook came here because Rodgers was here, didn't do too much for us. Hackett, you know, same story. So for me, as, as a fan, it looks like Rodgers almost brought us down a peg simply because he wasn't on the field and only impacted us in that free agent and that coaching room. So if he can play a little bit and show that he still has some juice left, um, maybe that can help bring in some free agents. And that's the one thing where if we're going to make any sort of run next year, whether Rogers is in uh, at quarterback or it's someone else, we are going to need a better O-line and we're going to need some more pieces in that wide receiver room. So you mentioned that O-line. Terrible. Awful. And there are people on the O-line who you and I have both been rooting for. Uh, Joe Tipman for me, because he's from Fort Wayne, same city as me. Uh, I know you're a big fan of other guys on the O-line, obviously, um, that you want to see succeed. O-line's been awful. Aaron Rodgers, if he came back, would be the first person, to my knowledge, in the history of ever to recover from this type of injury in under three months right yeah under three months and then he would so he's is he 40 he's up there something up there yeah, yeah he's, he's up there he's older for for an nfl quarterback standing behind this o-line that has been abysmal is there concern then and i know you said hey the doctor cleared him he's good to go but Everyone is going to have this question. Is he going to get sacked and then re-tear it? Is that a concern? Or are you just saying, hey, the doctor cleared him, he's good to go immediately? Well, yeah, of course that's a concern. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 
Rodgers has a much better chance of uh, getting away from that O-line than the other quarterbacks because he knows how to read uh, – sorry, uh, get away from the D-line of uh, the opposing team better than his other quarterbacks because he knows how to read the field better. Um, I think our O-line has been much worse in the run game personally. You look at Brees Hall, who looked like the best back in the league for you know quite a few weeks at the beginning of the season. Recently, with these backup O line uh, players, he's been getting like two yards uh, every play, basically, right? So there's clearly not a whole lot going on there. Um, in the pass play, I-, I think Rogers will fare fine because at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to making reads and knowing when your progressions are coming. Um, one thing I've seen whenever Rogers is standing with that coach's headset on the sideline is, uh, and people have seen a lot of memes about this, Hackett will call the play and Rodgers will just shake his head. He'll be upset because I think Rodgers understands the game a little better than Hackett does, right? I don't think it's a controversial thing to say. Um, So with Rodgers, I think he's going to be able to get around these issues a lot better. Um, And especially after dealing with this injury, I think he's watched this team play every snap this season. I think he understands what's going on here. He knows how to make this work. Okay. So, two things. First of all, the O-line, even you mentioned they're worse in the rushing game. They're awful in the passing game as well, though. And I would be concerned personally, and this is coming from someone who's a fan of a team that has historically had a bad O-line that has caused the quarterback to get injured. I'd be concerned coming off of a leg injury how often you're able to run him in like a boot or get him away from that initial rush. Because he's older, he's coming off that leg injury. I don't know if you'd even be able to do that, um, especially with MetLife, which is known for taking people's legs like that. Um, I might be a bit hesitant as a coordinator to call that. But then you also mentioned Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. And we kind I joked about this earlier, but now it sounds like this might be an actual possibility. Aaron Rodgers is audibling out of all of Hackett's calls. If that's the case... Aaron Rodgers really only has three years max left in his career, I think, unless he goes on some historic Tom Brady health run, which even at the end of his career, Tom Brady was looking rough there that last season. Is Aaron Rodgers an option to bring in as an offensive coordinator for the Jets? I would not want uh, anything less than that. That that, that sounds awesome to me. That, That sounds amazing. Because, I mean, Rodgers, I think his mind is just so much more primed towards the game of football than uh, Hackett, than a lot of these OCs we've seen. And I think with the Jets, a lot of the issues have, have been beyond just the OC. Like, look at Michael Florer, OC from last year. He's going on with the Rams. He's having a great year, right? He's doing so much for the Rams. Um, I think he just got re-signed with them, if, if I'm correct. He got an extension of a couple years. So. so, you know, Michael Florer right here, you know, having a terrible season with us, moving somewhere else and succeeding – uh, Michael LaFleur looked way better than Hackett uh, ever did. Um, I don't think Hackett has, has been able to put up any sort of offense uh, that, that has worked consistently. Um, and I think his game time management is even worse. He calls the wrong plays at the wrong time of the game, right? I mean, the type of games, uh, the type of plays you're going to call uh, in your first couple of drives should be different from the end of the game. Um, and, and Hackett seems to forget that every single game. So uh, there's so many issues with Hackett and, 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 for me right now, I need Rodgers to be the leader, right? I think that's what the team needs, Rodgers to be the leader. Uh, I, I let Hackett call the plays, whatever, but Rodgers, and, and we've seen this even with Devontae Adams, what they used to do in Green Bay, they would call their own plays all the time. You know, Rodgers would just tell 
uh, Adams to run different types of routes. Uh, so for, for me, yeah, I, I would definitely love him to come as an OC. Uh, but right now, uh, at this very point in time, he just needs to be uh, making as many calls as he can. Um, now, I don't think Salah will be able to, you know, have the guts to give him uh, the, the the play calling ability. I think he should. Um, but I think Salah's been slow to make any sort of like this. Uh, well, he, he's been he's definitely a, a bit slower to make controversial decisions. He, he sticks to the safe route way too long. Um, so I think the best chance for the Jets to have Rodgers call the plays is with him on the field. I'd almost be curious if Aaron just won't care, though, and just take the play-calling abilities because he definitely seems like that type of person who would be like, hey, this isn't working. I'm going to take over here. And I think Nathaniel Hackett and him have a good enough relationship where he could do that respectfully and just be like, hey, let's work on this together. But if you call something and I don't like it for whatever reason, I'm going to audible out of it. Just be aware of that. And I'm sure Aaron already has that leeway, uh, definitely a lot more than Zach or Tim Boyle do. But I would not be surprised if the Jets are just like, hey, 90% of these calls might get audibled out of because of Aaron. So um, I think Jets fans should be cautiously optimistic about Aaron Rodgers coming back because MetLife is a dangerous stadium to play in. Um, Just – Injuries seem to happen there all the time for some reason. Whatever you want to turf. Uh, I say the turf. Some people say it's not the turf. You guys have that weird turf grass hybrid too, so maybe it's that. I mean, come on though. That's that MetLife needs to be tore down and just put a graveyard there for New Jersey, because that's basically what MetLife is at this point for NFL careers is a graveyard. Let's move on to Sunday's games. We got a little bit of time here to get through these. Uh, Stan and I agreed on a good portion of these, so it won't take too long. First game, Colts-Titans. Stan and I, I believe, both said the Colts were going to win this game. I did want to mention, though, Jonathan Taylor is not playing. He's out for two to three weeks due to a surgery he had to have on his thumb. Makes it hard to carry the football when you've got a injured thumb, I guess, so he's going to be sitting out. But Colts fans have no fear. Zach Moss is still here. And uh, people forget about Zach Moss. Zach Moss does really well. And then Jonathan Taylor comes back. And then people forget Zach Moss exists. However, even with being the backup these last few weeks to Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss is still number 11 on the rushing yard stats. He has 672 rushing yards. And he has five touchdowns. He has Six runs that are over 20 yards. So he has the capability to have those explosive runs. Um, We've got Gardner Minshew going against the rookie Will Levis. I think this will be a fun divisional matchup game to watch. I'm going to be watching it. It's going to be the game that we're going to be given anyway here in Fort Wayne, obviously, because in Indianapolis is like two hours south. But I think this will be a fun game. I'm going with Colts. Stan, I believe you also said you're going with Colts. Yes, sir. Okay. Next game, Falcons and Stan's Jets. I believe I, I never actually said who I'm going with. I'm going to take the Falcons. Stan <coughs> said he's going to take the Jets. Um, this is the one of the rare times I'm taking the Falcons because I don't trust their offense at all. 
because of the way Arthur Smith runs that team. But I don't think that the Jets offense is going to do much of anything more. And this may come down to whichever defense can score points, which both of these defenses are, are capable of that. Well, my big assumption here is that Zach Wilson is going to be the starter. I think he uh, will be a big difference maker. Because if they run with Boyle again, I think it's automatically going to be a loss. right? I don't think the Jets have any chance with running Boyle. Um, with Zach Wilson, he's had great games. right? He pushed the Chiefs four quarters. right? Um, if Zach Wilson is the guy in the room, right? Uh, sorry, in – you know, but behind center, if he's the one uh, throwing the ball, I think we're going to win this. For me, the, the big factor with the Falcons comes down to them having uh, a very ineffective head coach in Arthur Smith. And it, he's just almost a little erratic. And I think that sort of erraticness is where the Jets can kind of uh, push their way over this offense. Our defense has been able to succeed only when our offense is able to go more than just a three and out. I think Zach Wilson will have more than just a three and out on most drives. Yeah, I'm just since nothing has been announced yet as we checked before the show um i'm just assuming tim boyle's gonna start and he's gonna be throwing into offense uh, or receivers covered by jesse bates and aj terrell aj terrell is capable of getting interceptions jesse bates is capable of getting pick sixes from the safety position he did it last week with a 90 yarder and on thanksgiving or not not thanksgiving black friday Tim Boyle had the Hail Mary. So we know that he's capable of throwing pick sixes that are a hundred and some yards. So if Tim Boyle starts, I, I think like you said, Falcons win. Even if Zach Wilson starts, I'm still very hesitant to think that they can beat the Falcons. We will see though. Lions saints. This is uh, another one we both agreed on. We both said the lions They're going to want to come back after losing to the Packers on Thanksgiving. Embarrassing. Um, Derek Carr and the Saints have been doing great. Dennis Allen's on the hot seat. I think Lions get that redemption game right here. And you agreed with that, correct? Yeah. Okay. Broncos-Texans. This is one we actually disagreed on. I took the Texans stand before the show took the Broncos, which kind of surprised me because then he immediately turned around and – said that he thought C.J. Stroud should be the MVP. So, Stan, can you defend your uh, Broncos take here? Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are on, I think, uh, a four- or five-game win streak. They've looked amazing, amazing the last month and a half. Um, and I think the Broncos, everything that, you know, was supposed to happen with getting their new head coaches happening right now, right? Um, I, I think Peyton's uh, offense is finally beginning to click. And the Broncos have always had some great pieces on defense. So, for me, that's what it comes down to. I, th I think the Broncos are in the – this is the right time in the season for the Broncos to beat the Texans. If this happened a few weeks earlier, I, I would not say that. But right now, especially after being the Browns who have a very good defense, I think the Broncos are primed for a victory. So, I'm, I'm going to still go with the Texans here because of C.J. Stroud. He's been hot. I see no reason to turn him down yet. They get Tank Dell back as well. I think he was going to be out, and now all of a sudden they're saying he's back. Nico Collins is back. Um, I think this Texans offense is going to be something to mess with. And uh, Russell, I'm, I'm still not in on the Russell Wilson offense yet. I, I understand they're on a win streak. I understand they've looked good. But this is the prove-it matchup, I think, because the Texans have also been phenomenal. So this could be a shootout as well. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with Texans here. 
Chargers Patriots. Bailey Zappi is starting for the New England Patriots. And uh, they allegedly have a bunch of packages planned for Malik Cunningham. Mac Jones is off to the side. He's he's benched. He's done, uh, at least for this week. And uh, if you didn't see Thursday Night Football, Stan and I both noticed this. They're playing against the Steelers next week on Thursday Night Football. And they have those graphics that have, usually have the star player of the, each team. So for the Steelers, they had T.J. Watt. For the Patriots, they just put up Bill Belichick, which – I don't know if Bill Belichick's just going to be done with his quarterbacks by Thursday night football and he's going to suit up and go in and play quarterback or what what they're expecting to happen there. But Bill Belichick versus T.J. Watt is Thursday night football next week. But this week they have the L.A. Chargers. Um, we both took the Chargers in this one, mainly just because Patriots have given us no reason to have hope for them. Uh, Peppers even said, you're lucky we ain't good. He said he worded a little bit different, but he had to apologize for that statement. But it was true. Next game, Cardinals Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers on this one. As much as it pains me to say, Matt Canada is out of there. It seemed like their offense improved. Uh, they had their first 400-yard game in 59 games against the Bengals. Cardinals defense is worse than the Bengals defense, so. Finally, uh, they might be able to mesh and click together, and the defense won't have to carry the Steelers. What do you think? I um, mean, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for me, for me, and I'm looking at this the Steelers team, uh, l- looking at their ability to use the tight end room to have them actually, you know, catch the ball. Sometimes, uh, looking at the last game, that was clicking. Everything looked good, and it was meshing very well. And I think you can see that again, especially against the Cardinals, which, as you've mentioned, not really the best team in the league. Which. Cardinals also lost Zach Ertz now, too. He requested to be cut. They let him go. He might be trying to go with the Eagles and make a Super Bowl run here before he retires. We'll see what happens with that. He did clear waivers, but uh, Cardinals lost Zach Ertz. I, I think Steelers, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, they should be able to put something together there and win that game. Dolphins, Commanders. Dolphins. No cool. Yeah, (laughs) easy. Next one, move on. (laughs) Mike McDaniel's going to have a day. Uh, Panthers, Buccaneers, NFC South showdown. I think we're both going Buccaneers here, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Panthers, man, that is such a bad team. Uh, 49ers, Eagles. This is going to be the game of the week, I think. Um, Both. This could easily be a preview to the NFC Championship as well. I'm going to take the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey is going to be out there doing Christian McCaffrey things. Brandon Ayuk is going to be having a good game, I think. You're going to have uh, George Kittle, I think, is going to get involved in the passing game a little bit here. I think he's going to have to be. Um, Trent Williams is back. He's healthy. He's good. He's good to go. Best left tackle in the NFL. That defense is still on fire. Um, Eagles defense has struggled at times, and I think Brock Purdy and the boys are going to be able to take advantage of that. What do you think? Well, the Eagles have bigger holes, but they also have bigger strengths on their uh, on their team. So I think that's going to pull them through. Um, and, and we've seen time and time again the Eagles have this uh, this very effective flow for their offense. When it goes, it goes. And I think you see a lot of it going uh, against the 49ers. I, I do think my concern as an Eagles fan would be the O-line. The O-line has been either very good, like we expect them to be, or at times they've been questionable. And now you have – Nick Bosa, 
uh, Arm Armstead. It might not be Armstead. I always get him and one other player mixed up who's an offensive tackle for the Dolphins. But anyway, Nick Bosa and Chase Young are both <laughs> going to be running at the Eagles offensive line. And those two guys are dogs. So they might be coming after Jalen Hurts the entire game. We'll see what happens. I think 49ers come out on top. This could be the NFC Championship preview. Could, should be an exciting game. Make sure to watch it. I think most of the nation has it except for, like, Cincinnati. Um, they weren't too happy about that. But I'm sure they'll find a way to watch it. Next game. Browns-Rams. We talked about this a little bit before. Joe Flacco is starting for the Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, L.A. Rams have Matt Straff- Matthew Stafford back. I think Cooper Cup is still dealing with some injuries, which they haven't really been able to keep him and Puka on the field at the same time. Uh, who do you have here? I'm the Rams. Rams? Okay. I think I, I think that their, their offense is going to pull through here. Um, I think Browns, they could have a different story with Flacco, but – it's, it's still a little too early to call uh, for, for me to put my, my trust in the Browns here. Yeah, this is a really hard game to call because you don't know what Flacco is going to do. Um, I'm going to go Browns, though, because I think that they will limit the success of the Rams' offense. Because Puka isn't – Puka's a great wide receiver, don't get me wrong. Hasn't been a red zone threat. So they might be able to limit some scoring there. Uh, Kyron Williams, the running back, had a phenomenal game in his game back last week. He's going to be hoping to continue that. But I think that front line for the Browns may be able to hinder that a little bit. And then, as you said earlier, like 20 minutes ago, you said Joe Flacco won't be the reason they lose games. I think that remains true. I'm going Browns here. Uh, Chiefs-Packers is our final game before we go into the spiel. And I think we both said the Chiefs Sunday Night Football, but it'll be closer than we expect, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so – Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs against Jordan Love's Packers. It'll depend on what version of Jordan Love comes out as to what type of game we get there in prime time. Uh, thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at NoButs Show. Our social media pages are NoButs underscore show on Instagram and NoButs Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. And if you would like to reach us, you can email us at BullMoosePodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so make sure to check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, go do something nice for someone.